So, uh, I'm, uh, me, and this is my brother, so I, I or else. Um, you knew how to start it. Just say that again. So, a while ago, we were challenged with, uh, helping our Model Railway Club with their digital command control system. It basically lets you drive more than one train on the same track at a time. Instead of DC, which you have to flip all these flippy flip switches and... You have power blocks. You can only operate one locomotive in each block at a time. and You have to manage them very carefully. Just absolute insanity and horror, especially when there's a wiring issue. Anyways, our club only converted to this magical digital command control two years ago. You know how we live in the future? Yeah. Well, I guess it wasn't officially the future until that happened. And maybe it's not the future, because we still have people in our club without DCC in their homes. Or locomotives they bring. And uh, the club isn't even done converting to DCC. It's just like a... Like it's... uh, What's the best analogy for this? I don't really have a good analogy, but, like, it's grafted onto the DC system in a really baffling and, like, eh, I'll take care of this later way. So much so that there are two DC systems, one for each half of the layout, and they are currently separated, and just, you can't drive a train between them because of that. Oh, God. You know, I frequently say that DCC is the best thing to happen to model railroading. The thing that everyone was waiting for. The innovation that changed everything. Because now you have lights and sound. And you can haul a train with multiple locomotives without their speed going out of whack. And and it's like that we're living in 2020 while this guy is living in 1971 kind of meme. But personified and Really frustrating. But, you know, I can't... You don't have to be so loud. I can't blame these people, because each decoder is... Price varies. Every locomotive is a journey when it comes to putting DCC in it. And a lot of the really nice stuff these people have is a pain in the butt to put this chip in due to how the current flows through the frame instead of just the pickups I and mean, wires. most of them are actually pretty okay because they have they have wires going into the motor so you can just put the decoder between there and the motor. Not all of them, though. But Oh, it's like most of the brass models are not like that. And then you have the sheer quantity of them. God, I'd hate to be there in that situation even though I technically am. And not to mention that putting DCC in everything can get expensive fast. And uh, there are a lot of weird stuff, like, you know, if you, like our friend Jim, who has a ton of big Rio Grande locomotives and has, put, has DCC in all of them. I mean, it's like the issues with some of them just slip through the cracks sometimes and not all of them operate right. Oh god, that's a real pain. It can kill your fun. Just... I did the kind of issues they have. Just imagine this. Your train is traveling along at 70 miles per hour scale Scale speed. speed. Yes, scale speed. And then suddenly... 
It stops! Except it doesn't stop, because some of them, instead of stopping, will roll freely. So oh. you can push them along with your hand or other locomotives and stuff. And you're on a steep hill, going into a busy yard with a bunch of switches, and you don't know how they're switched, because somebody was just switching on top of those switches. So now you have a runaway train without any power, without any way to stop it, going entirely off of an insane amount of weight and momentum, ready to crash into some model that's going to cause literal hundreds of dollars in Real life damage. Yeah, but that, to be fair, that's a problem with DC too. Ah, oh, God! At least you know, anything, at least DC they're not going to the Kentucky Southern Interchange. Uh, oh God, that's another story. Well, yeah. we're at five minutes. No, we we can go as long as we want. Okay. And uh, but on the whole, DCC makes it way better because. I mean, having proper power pickup so you don't stall is important, but DCC allows you to use something called a keep alive, which can keep your train moving on dead track. It's like a little capacitor, which functions as a little battery. So you'd be surprised. Trains, their it's rails, a super their wheels, capacitor. Yeah, they get dirty real fast. And even a millisecond of interrupted power causes a whole, whole host of problems. Depending what system you're using. And what locomotive you're driving. But, but uh, Keep Alive fixes that. You don't have to clean your track anymore, yay! No, <laughs> no, that is not what it's for. But it lets the EMD-40 work. Yes, it is. It's just one of the very, very, very useful things DCC lets you do. And, like, every time I drive my trains, I wonder, how did people live without this? And apparently people do. Can you quiet down? You're hurting my ears. I'm sorry. I, I, I get really excited over this stuff. Yeah, but uh, DCC is the way to go. Another thing I wanted to say is that DCC sound... May seem just like a cool thing that really helps with realism and getting in the mood, but it can be legitimately useful sometimes. Then you hear it in person. Yeah, it, you can never go back. Yeah, it lets you know what your train is doing and how fast it's going and where it is. This you train contains a decoder with no cure. What? This train contains a decoder with no cure. How is that... That, no. This trailer contains a disease of no cure. Remember? D that doesn't make sense. Yes, it does. Decoder? No cure? Disease? Decoder? Get it? No. C come on, really? Um. This. Stop trying to land your joke. The airport doesn't exist yet. Um. That's not funny. Exactly. <laughs> Now let's keep talking about something else. Uh, I haven't had too much experience with different decoder brands, but so far at least they all seem pretty good. Uh, Digitrax, I only have it in one locomotive, and it's not really a great comparison because it's uh, it aforementioned EMD40. Uh, it's not really like anything else I've driven or that I own, so... I wouldn't say it's a great comparison, but so far that little Digitrax decoder is working pretty well if it's little keep alive. But, uh, ESU is good, Soundtrax is good, TCS is excellent. 
Actually, I would have to say that uh, TCS definitely has the best motor control. TCS decoders are really good and they're easy. You have, have no variety. idea what we're talking about. Yeah, unless you're going with the smaller end scale. Like, TCS just doesn't do end scale. I like Fireman Ed. Uh, Fireman Ed. Yeah, Fireman Ed is cool. I like the Tsunami tracks. 2 has such a s certain sound, but when you have too many of them together, they start to sound the same. Oh, yeah. I'm glad we don't have that problem. Mm -hmm. Unless! No! Yeah, and speaking of having that problem, uh, what you said about the train show, we went there, we had already gotten a uh, Southern Pacific GP40P-2 locomotive in the bicentennial paint scheme with a Tsunami 2 decoder, and works great, sounds great, uh, great in every way, except for those stupid plastic McHenry couplers. But that's a story for another podcast. Um, and then, uh, like, two months later, we were at the Pomona... No, not Pomona. San Diego? S something? Uh, not San Diego. Train show in... Great, uh, yeah, great train show in somewhere, somewhere. Ventura. Yeah. And we came across the other... Well, one of three bicentennial... Sibling locomotive. Sibling. The, uh... No, not Southern Pacific. Cotton Belt, which is a was a subsidiary of Southern Pacific. Cotton Belt SD forty five dash T dash two, which means that it has a special tunnel motor grill, which is lower down, so it doesn't suck in its fumes and works better. That's a story for another day. Yeah, but it's only DC, and we're gonna put a TCS Wow Sound decoder in it. Wow. Yeah, wow. We haven't gotten around to that yet. It works fine, though, on DC. We tested it, and uh, despite being a lower-end model, it's from the same company as the other one, uh, they compare pretty well, especially, you know, it's such a new... Well, actually, it's from 2006, so it's not the newest of the new uh, mid-range models, but, oh my god, mid-range tier models have gotten so much better. I think your train is getting off track. Oh, I missed... I I should have said train of thought. Oh, what do you mean? Like, we're talking about decoders, aren't we? No, now we're talking about the SD45T-2. Okay. Uh, every time I say that, I feel like I'm putting things in the wrong order. <sighs> I... EMD model numbers. That's a rant for another podcast. Uh, well, yeah, we haven't put DCC in that, but when we do, it'll definitely be glorious. And uh, local train store, the Whistle Stop, has the third of the trio, the GE U25B, again in the bicentennial paint scheme. I wish I could show you an image. Doesn't that have Tsunami 2 in it, or is it ESU? I don't know. Well, I can't wait to buy that whenever we have the money. We gotta save up for it! Yeah, we're already doing that. Like, that's an important thing. Yeah! And then we got the caboose, too! Oh, ah. yeah, that weekend, after the train show, I walked in there, and, like, G 
just so happened that very day they got in a shipment from Ather and the company who made all this stuff of the net again matching a bicentennial caboose. And of course I immediately bought one without hesitation because come on, gotta complete the set. And uh yeah, it's perfect. Other than the fact that it has walkways and that's incorrect with the prototype, but it's a lower end uh roundhouse model and I don't really care about that because it still looks super good. Except for the trucks. Well it doesn't look super good, but it, it fits in and it's it's good enough. But yeah, the trucks are made out of this really cheap looking fake gold plastic. It doesn't match the gold paint on the rest of the model, which looks really convincing. The trucks don't, but eh, I can live with it. And uh, maybe someday I'll put on trucks that do match correctly. If I can find the correct paint. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's all I have to say about the Southern Pacific Bicentennials. You just kind of trailed off of the SD45T-2. I said everything I wanted to say about it. Other than, well, other than nothing. That's all I really had to say. But, uh, now time for, uh, Super Duper Fanboy Flame War NCE vs. Digitrax Ultra Nerd <sighs> Time. Oh, no. We both love Digitrax. This isn't going to be very fair. Uh, yeah, because... Everyone else at the club wishes they chose Digitrax, too. Yeah, well, at least the ones who are familiar with DCC. NCE is good at some things like... You don't even know what NCE or Digitrax are. They're two competing manufacturers of uh, digital command control systems. They were both founded at the... In the... At the same time, pretty much. I sold their stuff at the same first train show, I think. Mm -hmm. Similar capabilities, even today. But, uh, yeah, NCE, they have uh, better throttles in most people's opinion. With a nice scroll wheel, which I like for controlling the speed. And, uh... Digitrax is better! For capability, but... Well, no, not actually... D NCE definitely has the better small throttles because they have a screen that shows oh, the Oh, God, I wish we could show them what we're talking about. And you can actually turn them on and off because, yeah, for some reason, Digitrax only recently put an on-off switch on their throttles. Until, recent, until then, you had to take out the battery or turn it around to ter truly turn it off. NCE's little throttle lets you access all 28 functions. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. But neither of them have emergency stop buttons, which... Well, imagine this. You give... Some of the... Like, the button-only NCE throttles do have one, I think. Those aren't made anymore. Yeah, that's the catch. Yeah, imagine this. You give... The little throttle to a novice or a noob who's new to DCC, new to model trains even. And, and he is problem. piloting a train that costs at least $40. That's the cheapest you can buy a locomotive for. Well, and unless you go often, third, unless you go secondhand, then the prices get much lower and uh, you can get some really great deals. Yeah, but then even with DCC, at least $40, let's say. Yeah. If you're a competent person, you've put some money into that. 
And the, those things can cost as much as $300, $400, $500 each. At the absolute most. It totally really worth it, but that. that's another subject. You get this noob control of the train. He can go anywhere he wants in the layout. But you can still restrict his speed, thankfully. Not always. Not on NCE. No, you can do it on the decoder. Oh. Well, I mean, might not be the case. So he... And be quiet. Being new, not used to the thing. Go fast! Because he puts the throttle way too high, and he's not used to the acceleration. Oh, and it has momentum, so it takes a while to get to its top speed, and they and don't know that. And it takes a while to stop. Rip train. Rip train. No more train. Yeah. Cause bye. Bye train. Turning the not... If you have momentum turned on, the train will not stop immediately. You set it to zero, and it takes a while, depending on how it's set. It's meant to simulate how a real train stops at the With tons emergency and tons. stop, if you push that button, your train will immediately stop no matter what. But these Aside little from derailments. Yeah, that... these little throttles, they don't have that. And, uh, yeah, that's a very bad combination. Only the big throttles have that, or the phone throttles, which is a whole other subject. Oh, yeah, that. Ugh, but God, can you imagine? Why don't the noob throttles have the big red button? Ugh, I'm glad I've never been a victim of that. Well, uh, I mean, I wouldn't call them the little operator's throttles, but TCS's mini throttles do have an emergency stop. That doesn't even you that's not released yet. Yes, but it shows that they're that they're improving on it at least. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, TCS they're doing cool stuff. I like TCS. I like I like all of the companies. Um it I think there's an exception, but I can't remember what it is right now. Not Bachman. Like, Bachman has their own market niche. They need to exist. No, 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 that's... Oh, yeah, Hornby TTS sound, but that isn't even readily available in the United States. What is your class going to think of all this nerd speak? It's just going to be the teacher, I think. Oh. What? We should stay away from that, because this is going to get published, probably. She'll do it in a minute. Anyways. Oh She'll do it in a minute. Um. Hmm. Uh. Oh, yeah. Let's get back to what I was saying about T about uh, NCE versus Digitrax. We really got sidetracked. On that now, didn't we? You got so close to your phone, the screen turned off because they thought you put your you put your face up to it. Okay, the phone was right. That's what it's designed to do. Yeah, thank goodness my phone can handle the really loud mic distortion without. Well, it cannot get distorted. You know what I mean. But uh, eh, NCE, as I said, their throttles are pretty nice, but uh. 
they're especially their big throttles. They have uh, big issues. Like uh, people say that NCE throttles are uh, easier to figure out without reading a manual. No! Because Digitrax has a lot of buttons. No! No! Yeah, as you're saying, uh, that's just, that's simply not true. They're just as complicated as each other. Only difference is, uh, how you do it. Not, uh, if it's better or worse or more or less complicated. why? Or when? And, uh, NCE has a bunch of dumb legacy stuff because their, uh, their system was not really designed with uh, being big in mind. Imagine a TI-84 that's supposed to handle like 16 people using it at once. Yeah, it, it uses a Z80, which is uh, you know, really cool processor used in a lot of vintage computers and uh, TI-84 calculators and a ton of other things you really wouldn't expect. But, uh, actually I think the Digitrax is also based off the Z80. It, but the okay, implementation not the... is entirely different because on the NCE system, every big throttle has a LCD screen and it displays all the information you need to know. But unlike Digitrax, NCE system, every single throttle display is controlled directly from the uh, by the CPU in the command station. So if you have too many throttles, like the extra throttles... Their displays will simply be blank at all times. Yeah, because the system holds every single character on every single screen in its own RAM. And that RAM can only hold up to eight screens. So you can only have eight people driving with a big throttle at once. You can have more with the small throttles, but that's a big limitation. And plus, they're constantly talking two-way. So if you turn the system off prematurely or get out of range... Your screen gets stuck, and you don't know what's happening. Oh, that's not really an issue. But, just, God, again with the whole, I half-assed this kind of deal. Especially considering that the guy who, or one of the guys who made it didn't understand copyright law. That's That's a whole nother story. Oh, God. It's like hobby drama levels of stuff. Not for us to talk about, at least not yet. But, uh, Digitrax. Digitrax, you can drive two trains at once on one of their big throttles, which is really nice. Jim, Jim will never not mention that. Every single day. Every single time we operate with either system, he mentions that. And, uh, I have to agree with him. Having two locomotives is simply better. But, uh, yeah. Digitrax has an equal learning curve. But uh, luckily, Digitrax was designed by computer engineers who knew what they were doing. So the uh, system is really smart, and uh, the central command center doesn't control all of the LCDs, and the throttles have their own independence. Yeah, because it's peer-to-peer, like a like a computer network. It works really well, but their their throttle bus is called LocoNet for God's sakes. It's an actual network, but just for trains. Yeah, Digitrax has their own problems, like. Uh, LCDs can be a bit confusing if you don't know what it's telling you. And, uh, Exit Button does different things at different times, but to be fair, that's also true for NCE. Digitrax throttles have redundant buttons on them. Yeah, Digitrax buttons have too many weird redundant buttons. Like, depending on where you are, 
the exit button does different stuff. Yeah, the exit button do. always went to the home screen or backed out. But and then there's the return button. And, and I don't even remember return, what that does. Return, exit, and enter. Like, come on. And, uh... Oh, and then there's the... There's a button, I think it might be the ABC keys, that are, like, used for one thing. And only one thing. And then there's all the weird key combos you can do to release the locomotive. There's about, like, two or three of them. Ugh, jeez. But... Anyways... I mean, I'm more used to Digitrax, so maybe this is not fair, but... Digitrax is better. Yeah. I mean... But I don't blame people for liking NCE because Digitrax has its problems, too. I can't as really a, think of them at the moment. As though. a good example, my pet peeve with NCE is uh, both of the throttles have number buttons, 0 through 9, like a phone. In fact, in the same arrangement. But there's 28 on-off functions that you can control on each decoder. So what these manufacturers decided to do was to have a shift function, except both of their throttles were designed before the 28 function count came into effect. Because back then, you could only have, what, 12, 12 functions when they first came out. And at the very beginning, it was 8. Yeah. So on Digitrax, to get to the higher functions, you press function, you hold down function, press 1 or 2 for the 10s or 20s, and then press the number key for the final function. So if you want to do 28, you hold down function, press 2, then press 8. On NCE, what is it? You'd think the macro or the shift key, because it's called shifting, would do it. But no! You press EXPN, uh, if I remember correctly, ES EXPN, this random button right at the bottom, then headlight, and then headlight again, and then, and only then, do you press 8. Why is the headlight key... Just... I'm getting too mad. I, just... Headlight! Headlight! Ironically, the smaller, tiny little operator straws do it better. Oh, yeah. They do all it you right. have to do is press shift twice, and then 8. Like, that's it. That's as simple as it gets. That's the way it should be, but of course it isn't! Oh, and, uh, it's only on their, like, stationary boost starter set systems, like the Zephyrs, but, uh, oh my god, the Zephyrs, I wish they would implement this on the bigger throttles. All you have to do is there are two keys, plus 10 and plus 20. You press one of those down, and it, it works, like, just like caps lock. A little light comes on next to the button. And it stays in that until you press it again, and you can press the other buttons. So you press plus 10, and then 8 if you want to get 18. And you press plus 20 to get 28. And it just makes sense. But no one has implemented that on any other throttle, and it's baffling. I'm tired from screaming too much. Yeah, I'm getting really tired too. And I think we've ranted enough about things that no one understands. So, 
have fun Googling everything we just said and then not even understanding after that. Yeah. Uh, we'll be or- more organized next time. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, God, 30 minutes. 30 minutes of fun ranting. But, uh, I think it's time to, uh, end this. So, uh, see you next time when we, uh, talk about, well, probably more anger about the baffling design choices that both NCE and Digitrax have made. So, see you next time. Bye. You say bye, too. Bye, too. Oh, come on.